0: Y'all don't know oh. what oh, I went through. you we have a card in
1: your hands right now. <laughs> Nike Talk was that place that spiraled what you enjoy now. Anyone who
0: brought a, a Kobe shoe in, I'll clean it for free.
1: Man, I was bringing a lot of people in the league. I in saw
0: picture. that my favorite jersey's he's got one. The Barkley Kobe Bores. episode 47 this is season three of the Danden and RJ Machismo podcast this is Danden, and tonight uh, RJ won't be here however he does send his regards to everybody so thank you all for your support uh we do appreciate everyone you know for tuning in to us we appreciate the time so tonight we kick off season three we got a special guest he is Don Griffin Griffith I apologize um aka kick Sigma. So as you know Kick Sigma is if you follow him on Instagram and also his website he does do a lot of curation of all the great Nike basketball from the 80s, 90s, 2000s and beyond. So tonight we got Don. How you how you doing tonight Don? I'm good man. It's happy to be here. Oh man, so I see you got some gems already lined up, you know, in your in your room. So we'll touch into that later. Um so we're just going to do a little kickoff, a little, um, you know, uh, we're just going to do a little uh, icebreaker. So tell us more about yourself, Don.
1: Sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Don. Uh, I'm KickSigma on Instagram and KickSigma.com on uh, on my website. Um, and, you know, I'm a sneakerhead. I mean, I, you know, I've been a sneakerhead since 95. Uh, I was born and raised in Germany, um, Berlin, Germany, Germany. Uh, both of my parents are American and we moved out there when I was, um, I was born there, but they moved out there, uh, right before I was born and really got into sneakers right around 95, which was really a golden era of Nike basketball. So it was, it was a hell of a time to get, to get hooked. Um, you know, first love was the Air Max two Up tempo. Um, uh, I saw it on a kid's foot in my class. I mean, he was just wearing them and i happened to look over and saw that he was wearing the the duke colorway um it was actually the the youth sizes it wasn't even the adult sizes because we were we were little at the time and i was hooked and i ran home and started drawing it you know and started trying to replicate it and every day i would come to class and then i'd look at the shoe and then run home and try to draw it again until i had it right you know um at least according to my 10 year old self um and then the rest was history um so that was the shoe that got me hooked um and you know i played basketball for a while played uh played in high school played in college played uh semi-professional so sneakers never really were too far away from me so i mean we're going on what was it 26 27 years now um wow still-
0: that's dope so a uh, little bit back- background about you so you played pro- um, professional basketball
1: like yeah it was like semi-pro so semi-pro? i played in the uh i played in the american basketball association the ABA. Nice. As we all know it used to be a big deal. Um, you know, by the time I came along it was less of a big deal, but still pretty, you know, it was competitive. Um and uh, tried out there. There was a team in Connecticut, which is where I'm based now, um, and had an opportunity to to play for them, you know, try I had to try out. Uh, I was about ten years ago and uh made the team and had an opportunity to play. So it was a great experience, but it was also humbling, you know. Maybe it wasn't quite as good as I thought I was, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was still a great
0: experience. Hey, I mean, if you made it to the ABA, you made it, you know, that's that's hard work. So uh, how many years did you play in the semi-pro um, uh, league? So I played one
1: year. Uh, the story is kind of crazy. I mean, we so we ended up doing really well. We were ranked uh, number four in the nation uh, when we were playing. And we had a lot of talent. I mean, a lot of guys that could play. I got a lot better just from going up against guys in practice every single day. Um managed to get some playing time. You know, I started as a practice player and then managed to get some playing time. By the end of the season, I I had done two things. I had applied to uh law school just as a backup plan because I saw, you know, guys some guys make it, but a lot of guys really didn't have a backup plan or really didn't have a lot, you know, outside of basketball. Um, and the wear and tear that you're putting your body through at any point that could go. And it ended up being fortuitous because I got an offer at the end of the year to go play in switzerland which would have been great because it would have been more money um it's kind of an entry-level pro basketball area it's a step up from the aba it's close to germany which was home um so it's kind of a familiar area and within the matter of one summer uh the coach that made me the offer dropped dead of a heart attack
0: um oh, the assistant coach.
1: Uh, Ended up passing away too. Uh, Coincidentally, he he, you know he found out he he had stage four cancer, so he died, and I ended up getting injured all in the course of like four months. So it went from you know I'm pursuing basketball and I'm going to go into year two of my pro career, get a chance to play in Switzerland and get a chance to work my way up and have a good experience, and it went from that to I literally have nothing, Um, and so the whole thing fell apart after a year. And at that point, I was you know 27. I had to make a decision you know I was rehabbing for my injury and I decided to go the law school route instead of uh continuing basketball so I'm glad I got the year but I wish I would have gotten way more
0: it's one of those what-ifs right like that still ponders in the yeah. back of your mind like hey what if I if I stayed healthy if I still had my coach what yeah. you know would have could have but hey you know on the bright side Don you've you've accomplished a lot you know you've uh you know you graduated. You've made it to the pros, and if I if I don't mind asking, are you um, are you in the law firm, or do you, do you um, uh, practice law?
1: Yes, yeah, so I actually practiced law for a while, um, and then I transitioned over to HR. So I actually do uh, like investigations now, which a little more hands on, it's a little more, more dynamics. So I re- I really enjoy it, so I'm doing that now uh, in my day job. And uh, sneakers, though, is my passion. Um, and I'll say the biggest takeaway that I had from, you know, the whole basketball experience is, you know, yeah, it's, it definitely can be tough emotionally to think like, you know, what if, and it could, it could have been more, but the the flip side is, you know, take the opportunities when they're there, you know, seize them, go for them. Don't shy away, you know, just go for it. If you fall on your face, it is what it is, but at least you can look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, I went for it. And, uh, I think it helps you sleep
0: a little better at
1: night versus if you don't do that. So make the most of whatever presents, you know, presents itself.
0: Man, that's dope. So like, if I don't mind asking, like, did you play with anyone that, you know, that we recognize maybe through NBA or collegiate level, or maybe if you played someone in back in high school, were there any like famous um, NBA players or collegiate players that you played with? You know,
1: it's funny. So, so yes, um, so, you know, in Germany, there were a couple guys, a lot of guys ended up going pro in Germany because I played, you know, in Germany, you play on your high school team and then you play on your, uh, on a club team too. And the club team is really where it's at in terms of the competition. So, you know, a ton of guys that I played against there ended up going pro in Germany. Um, actually, one of my high school teammates now is the head coach of uh, the the Wagner brothers who are now playing in Orlando. He was oh, okay. there for coach and, yeah Berlin and Moritz and uh, I forget the other one's name. Oh,
0: Franz. It's Franz. Yeah, Franz. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Franz.
1: So they, uh, but I never knew them. I mean, he coached them, you know, growing up. I guess he was involved somehow in getting them to Michigan um, to try to create a pipeline for more German players. Um, when I went to UConn, um, it was where I went undergrad. I played years at the Avery Point campus, which is their like JUCO affiliate. And I played there. And then I had an opportunity to walk on uh, at, at the big team, you know, on the main team, uh, the UConn Huskies under, you know, at the time it was Calhoun. I was declared ineligible because it was like an age thing where it was like a certain amount of time and you ran out. So I ran out, but the good news was I, I had the opportunity to practice in the scrimmage. And so basically everybody who came through Yukon at that time, I had a chance to go up against. So like, you know, thinking Kemba Walker, Ryan Boatwright you know Jeremy Lamb Lander, like those kind of guys you know would come back um, you know uh, I think Hashim the Beat might have been there you know so there were there were a lot of guys there at the time where I got a chance to go up against and it was it was really great and and just in working out and sticking with it and not being able to play not being able to suit up do anything like that but just in being able to work out that gave me the opportunity to play in the ABA um, and the ABA you had a lot of guys who were like fringe you know, NBA players, you know, a lot of, you know, D1 guys, you know, some D2. Um, I don't think anybody that would be like a household name, but it shouldn't take away from them because these guys were extremely talented. I mean, it just made me appreciate how competitive it was.
0: Wow, that's dope. So um, just a little, uh, I guess we can talk about the sneakers that you wore. Can you remember the sneakers that you wore, like in the in the, in the pro level? Do you still have any fond memories with that?
1: Yeah, I I do. So my tryout, I wore, and I don't have them anymore, um, because I I literally ran them into the ground, but my tryout, I wore the um, Ergo LWP, the Retros, um, the black and white Royal, original colorway, got them in my size, uh, and uh, wore those for the tryouts, Um, and so they were like, good luck, because, you know, once I got in, when I found out I got in, I mean, it it was one of the happier moments that I can remember, Um, so I wore those and then I spent the season, you know, it's funny. I'm actually, you know, I, I buy a lot of sneakers and I wear a lot of sneakers in terms of classics when it comes to playing, I'm really, really picky about what I play in. So, you know, I'm more likely when it comes to on court to do something like, you know, like Steve Nash did, which is, you know, where the jet flights for, you know, five straight years or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I'm more likely to do something like that. And then in my day to day walk around, you know, I'll wear, you know, I'll switch it up daily or even within the day several times. So I ended up wearing the, uh, the Kobe sixes, the Navy. I think they're the chaos ones. Um, Those are worth those for most of the season. I actually had a random pair of uh, air flight light twos from 2001 the alpha project ones that lace up yeah. on the side so i had a random pair of uh royal and gray ones and i would wear those period i'd break those out periodically but i'd say the kobe sixes were my staple
0: um
1: and that's why i wore for most of the most of the games
0: man that's dope yeah just 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 hearing you know your your basketball journey and then also having the the sneakers that went along with that era it's just like you know, it just has a special place in my heart as far as like talking about like Nike basketball. And we'll talk more about that, Don. So uh, next question for you. So, um, you know, in reading about your your background, so you said that you grew up in Germany, which is predominantly Adidas footwear. Um, So I understand that your first exposure was the Nike Uptempo too. Um, What was it like living in Germany and you know, were the, I guess the people that you're around, were, there, were they into Nikes more than they were into Adidas?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's a good question. Um, it, it, definitely Adidas was the dominant brand. I, I, definitely. Um, just like soccer was the dominant sport. So, you know, liking Nike and, and playing basketball, you're automatically in the minority, but it was a growing minority. Um, there was, it was enough to where, you know, you weren't lost without people. I mean, if you think back to the mid nineties, it was, um, the sneakerhead culture was very different than what it is now. You know, it's, it's much more, um, widespread and commonplace than it is back then. Um, so it was harder to find guys that would really appreciate it the same way. Um, so, you know, and, and certainly a lot of the guys were, you know, soccer fans and guys that played and, and wore Adidas. So we got a plenty of that, but we had a good selection of Nikes too. You know, I was in Berlin. So, you know, the biggest city, so we would get more of the stuff than maybe, you know, a smaller town in Germany would, but that being said, you know, um, you know, I, we would only get certain colorways. So like if a shoe released in say, you know, whatever, five colorways, we, we'd be lucky if we got two of them you know, something like that. So generally speaking, it was much more limited. And then what I would do is because you know I had family in the US, and we would go in the summers, you know, that's when I would do my research, I get all the magazines. Um, you know, I grew up with, you know, I, I read the East Bay ones, but that was in the US primarily, my, my magazine was called Basket, which was the German magazine. And I guess you could call it the German equivalent of well, you couldn't even really call it that because it had the sneakers, but then it had basketball stuff in it too. So that's where I did my research. And then when I go to the US, I'd research all the different colorways and I'd come back to Germany and, you know, have a better idea of everything that was out there. So it was um, it was few and far between. It was harder to get access to stuff, but you could still get stuff. It just maybe not in quite as many colorways as you could over here. And it was more expensive. It costs yeah.
0: more. I, uh, I could imagine because the, the currency too, it's probably more expensive from what you pay in us dollars compared to uh i guess what, what do you call currency in? is it pounds in germany
1: so it's it's euros now oh euros okay But it transitioned around to between 2000 and 2002 but you know uh when we're talking 90s it was deutschmarks deutschmark there you go rich uh, marks were nowhere near as strong a currency as dollars And then there was also an upcharge, probably, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, taxes and all that stuff to get them into the country. But for whatever reason, it was it was generally a little more expensive in Germany than it would be um, in the U.S., even even when you adjust for the for the uh, conversion.
0: Uh, Well, and uh, when did you uh, move back to the States from Germany?
1: Yeah, so I, you know, we sort of bounced back and forth my whole life, you know, I I lived in random place, you know, I lived in Indiana for a while, you know, spent a lot of time in Connecticut. Um, But, but permanently, it would have been when I was getting ready to come to college. So I had to make a decision. And that was kind of, you know, I was like, we go 13 years of high school. So I was 19 at the time. And, uh, you know, I had to make a decision, do I want to be a German or do I want to be an American? And the Germans are really strict with their citizenship rules and mm-hmm. so you know if you want to be a german citizen you have to renounce your american citizenship um uh, because i was born there i had both but once you turn 18 you have to pick um oh, okay so, you know when i turned 18 i had to decide okay am i gonna stay a german or or, or am i gonna become a german and renounce my american citizenship or am i going to stay an american but then lose my opportunity to become a german and i decided no, I'm going to go to the U S there's more opportunities there. I want to go to college. I want to play ball, but I also want to get an education. So I decided, you know, um, I'll go to the U S and so I've probably been here, you know, that was probably like old four. Um, when I, when I came to Connecticut permanently and I've
0: been here ever since. Nice. So is your family also based in, um, Connecticut too?
1: Yeah. So family's everywhere. Um, have some have a contingent in Connecticut, Uh, have a contingent in Germany, have a contingent, you know, in Illinois and Indiana, you know, Arizona, you know, kind of all over the place. Um, Pretty sprawling. um, But there's definitely a contingent in Connecticut. Um, But I came, you know, the connection to Connecticut was my mother had grown up here. And so my grandparents were here. So it was a familiar spot. You know, i had grown up kind of, you know, always had Yukon on my radar as a place that I wanted to go to school. Um, And so it just made sense to come back to, you know, like the home away from home. Um, And even though I hate the cold weather, Connecticut has been good to me. So hey,
0: if you like cold weather, more power to you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand. I, I, I could never adjust, but you know, you know, you are a Husky, you know, at heart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's, that's awesome. So uh, next question for you, uh, Don. Uh, So going now into your sneaker passion. So you have a website, uh, with kicksigma.com, So it curates many classic Nike trainers, you know, and Nike basketball from the, from as early as the eighties, nineties, two thousands. So what inspired you to create this uh, content?
1: Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good question. I think, I think what did it for me was, uh, you know, my childhood, you know, it it was such a strong, like, emotion, you know, when when I discovered sneakers and discovered my passion for sneakers. And, you know, it was also such an exciting time in the world of Nike basketball. I mean, if you think about it, you know, for me, it really started in 95. And you figure, you know, for the rest of the 90s, I mean, that was there, there was a lot happening in the world of Nike basketball. So, you know, and then you combine the fact that, you know, it's my first time around, I'm still a kid. So, you know, I think there was just a level of excitement that, you know, I experienced that I wanted to share with everybody else. And what I found was that, you know, now, 20 some odd years later, almost 30 years later, I didn't know that I was seeing that to the same extent, you know, and so what I wanted to do is kind of share, well, you know, I, I want you to see what I'm seeing, you know, I want you to experience the excitement in the way that I experienced it. And so, let me try to tell you my story. And then you can take it and run with it, right? So the goal was to kind of foster discussion. But I I found that not enough people were really focusing on the niche that I thought was really interesting, which was 90s, primarily Nike basketball, although with with some other exceptions, you know, I branch out, but but primarily 90s Nike basketball. And so I really wanted to share that with people. I also found that there was a you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are sneaker heads, but, but there was a very small contingent that really knew the history of a lot of these sneakers. And so what I really try to do, and and I really go out of my way to do it is I try to bring something that you're not going to see everywhere else. So kicksigma.com. my goal, my ultimate goal is to get you, you know, it's, it's to provide a service to everybody. Um, and it's to get you something that you're not just going to get with a simple Google search. You're not going to get even with a, more complicated Google search, right? It's something that, you know, if you sit down and really take in the story, um, my hope is that you come away with some stuff that you never knew before, never realized. And, you know, also want to be respectful of people's time. So I, I, I try to make it in a way that they can do that in a relatively quick uh, time. So kind of a long-winded answer, but it's, you know I want people to see what I'm seeing and, and at least know the history and then, um, you know, hopefully foster discussion.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, like I said, like we were talking before we recorded, you know, we we were pretty much just almost living the same – we were in the same era with, you know, we have experienced the Nike basketball watching NBA players. And, you know, it was like the golden era, right, of Nike basketball where up-and-coming up and athletes such as Kevin Garnett, um, Steve Nash, Kobe – Uh, Dennis Rodman Scottie Pippen you know nothing against with Jordan but these NBA players propelled Nike basketball and Penny Hardaway is one of the prime examples that you know shot up Nike basketball you know no disrespect to Charles Barkley with his CB34 line but it, it was Penny in my opinion I think it was Penny that propelled it what do you think
1: yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I would, I would throw Scottie Pippen in there too, um, but I totally agree with you. You know, it's, one of the things that I've done on, on my site um, is I focus a lot on the price and the price adjusted for inflation. So a lot of times I'll tell you, you know, it costs, you know, whatever, 150 back in 96 and adjusted for inflation in 2022, that's, you know, whatever, 250 or whatever it is. So, and, and the reason I do that is try to, you know, I'm really interested in the concept of value and what people value and, and how things are valued, because that's really a big part of the sneakerhead culture is, you know, what do you value and why do you value it? And, you know, at least when we're looking at, you know, to your point about no disrespect to Jordan, because he had obviously a fantastic line, but, you know, if, if you look at, for instance, in, in Germany, what was driving it, it was Air Max basketball. That was driving it. That you know, if it came down to, you know, getting the Jordan eleven or the air more up tempo, I would say more guys would go for the more up tempo. And I would see more guys wearing the more up tempo. And that was a pretty consistent theme there. And not for nothing. I mean, if you look at the prices back in the mid nineties, a lot of times the Air Max basketball was the more expensive shoe than the even the Jordan. So, you know nike wouldn't make that you know nike doesn't do something like that by mistake you know they knew what what the deal was so i think there was multifaceted now obviously jordan has become its own brand it's skyrocketed it's not to take away from anything it's way more valuable than anything is now
0: but there was
1: a time where it was rivaled by some of the other nike silhouettes, and so um that's that's really important to look at too
0: yeah, and you know, uh, a lot of people didn't realize that Nike basketball was was its own competition against Jordan Brand, because you know it, Jordan Brand wasn't even a brand. You know, they were still Nike, with the Nike box. You know, the orange, the you know, the cardboard box that we used to have back right. in the day.
1: Uh, right. So they
0: were still affiliated. They they didn't have its own specific Jordan Brand back then. It was still part of Nike. So, right. you know, that's something that people should still take you know always remember or you know just a reminder that hey once upon a time nike was jordan was part of nike and will always will be especially like the retro stuff exactly exactly all right so uh next question for you um how much of an influence have nike athletes and music artists you know in the 90s and 2000s such as penny hardaway kevin garnett tim duncan um uh, you know or, or i can just say like mtv you know rock and jock, for example how did they play an influence as far as you know the the nike branding you know from the 90s and 2000s so are you saying for for me or more or you think more generally for you, you for you for me
1: um so i would say definitely more of the athletes than like mtv and pop culture um you know it 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 was something I'd never really tuned into as much. Um, so for me, it was definitely more, um, you know, watching the players growing up. Um, you know, I have a sort of funny relationship with being a fan, you know, when later on, when I became older and I was actually, when I was trying out at at UConn and I started realizing like, man, these are guys in the NBA, you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I'm not the most athletic you know, I'm not the most naturally talented, so I need every edge I can get. And so I remember making a decision that I'm going to stop. I'm not I'm not going to be a fan of anybody. You know, I'll respect other people, but I'm not going to be a fan. And what that what it, in my head, what that did is it, it gave me the mental edge to say I'm never going to be in awe of anybody What because I may run into you on the basketball court. And so, again, me being in my situation, I need every edge I could get. That being said, you know, before that, you know, I was a huge fan of, you know, of, um, you know i was I was a huge bulls fan like everybody else I was a huge jordan fan i was a big penny hardaway fan um you know uh i was a big fan of like david robinson charles barkley you know all the all the big guys and I, and for me it was just as important to see how the guy played as it was to see the sneakers he was wearing um and so that that was really important and and that coupled with you know because we're in Germany, we didn't get to see all the games you know it was, you know if they even showed them to be on at like three in the morning or something like that so i remember staying up late a couple nights but really where i got my information was either from the newspaper because we got the international newspaper but it was two days later or i would get the basket magazine um which i guess would i guess you could say it's the equivalent of slam right mm-hmm. but uh, basket the german magazine and so that's where i got most of my info and i would go through and look at all the sneakers um so i'd say those guys had a huge influence on me because uh most times I would see them wearing the sneaker
0: first, or I'd see it in
1: the back of the magazine and then go back and try to find a player wearing them.
0: That's, hey, that's, that's great. All right. Um, so next question for you, um, and this is, I like this question, <laughs> Big, uh, actually. Uh, so one of your favorite Nike footwear, uh, Don, is the flight uh, posit and foam posit models. How did that first catch your attention?
1: Yeah, it um, you know, I was thinking a lot about that because when you asked that question, I was like, I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that before. Um, so the flight po- I'd say the Flight Posit One is my favorite shoe. Period. You know, I, I think I think I can come out and say that pretty confidently. Um, you know, the Air Max Two Up Tempo is the one that started it all. It will always have a special place, but the Flight Posit One is hands down my favorite shoe. Um, I think where it started, you know, the Foam Posits are great. Um, I prefer the flight posits. Um, I think where it started was, well, when I first saw the foam posit, I didn't know what it was. it was. It was actually transfixed next to, it was the foam posit and right next to it was the uh, black and neon air total max subtempo. Yeah, At the time, you know, big air was the thing. And so you always go for the big air model. That was just my thing. And I saw this foam posit model. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's as cool as this big air model. And then, and then it was so inaccessible, and you know, very few. You know, I knew one kid who had them miraculously, and nobody else did. You know, so kind of forgot about it. Uh, The next year, the Total Airphone Posit Max came out. The Dunkins, you know, originally they were advertised as the David Robinson. So I, in my head, always think David Robinson. Those came out, you know, the German magazines charged 400 marks for them, which was like unprecedented. I mean, this is like high 100s, maybe close to $200. And, uh, and, and they even, I'll never forget it in the magazine. When they came out, it said, this is the most valuable shoe on the market. That's what it started with in German. It said right underneath the shoe. And this was on the same page as some Jordans and some pennies and some everything. It was like, no, this one is the thing. You know, it had the most air I've ever seen. That was my shoe. I mean, that was my grail. Couldn't get my hold. On, couldn't get a hold on it because I had a very um, strict budget limit, and that that thing was out of my budget. Um, and I remember being so excited because I I found a pair. Every I would take any excuse I could to get the Foot Locker or get to any you know Nike Town opened around that time in Germany, and I'd take any excuse just to go look at them because I knew I'd never get them right, at least as a kid. And one day, and this had to be early summer of 99, there was a pair of gold flight posits right next to the foam the, the posits, you know, the phone positive, posit max. And they were right next to each other. And I picked up the phone posit max then I picked up the flight posit. And I didn't like it at first, but I kept like staring at it. And, and you know, then over time it grew on me until the point where i was like no this is the best shoe and the only thing i can say is in hindsight it's probably the shoe that converted me out of just being strictly an air max you know big air basketball kind of fan into realizing that no there there are other things you know and it doesn't have to have you know um air max features in order for it to be something that could be appealing and so i think that's when that change happened and so the flight posit was really instrumental. And there was nothing like, you know, the gold colorway that I'd ever seen at the time. So the rest is history. The flight posit one is hands down my favorite shoe.
0: Have you ever hooped in the flight posit ones? I have.
1: So I never, um, I wore the black retro pair for my Yukon tryout. Um, so that, that meant a lot. Uh, the first pair I ever owned, again, they were out of my budget. So the first pair I ever owned was actually in, Oh three, I got a pair of the white and Carolina blue ones. And I wore those and they broke kind of quickly, but they were great to play in. Um, and I wore those for my last year of high school until they fell apart. Um, and then later on I managed to get another, you know, I started to get the other original pairs when I had a little more money. I was working in college, you know, during the off season. And so I had a little more money and then I had a few pairs. So yeah, I've hooped them. Um at this point, I've hooped in most of the colorways. And I'm still a fan of playing in them, um, so you know I don't play in them anymore because they'll you know I don't have a pair that will hold up. But you know, <laughs> if I did, I would.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can probably hoop in the the recent retro ones. I think they had like, the the royal one, the royal um, colorway with the translucent sole.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I, I um, one of my one of my one of my things about you know what happened with the flight posit. Um, you know, I was actually kind of disappointed with the most recent. So as of 2014, you know, you get the 2014 versions of the Flight Positive, Posit, and they changed the the mm-hmm. outsole on the medial side, and the shape looks a little different. You know, I was a big fan of the, like, the 2008 run of retros, where we had, you know, a couple of the OG colorways come back. I was a huge fan of those. But they did a good job. I mean, no retro is perfect. You know, it's not the original. I get it. It was close um but the uh the the 2014 version i had to draw a line you know um i i, I just didn't like the, what nike did with it and you know to this day part of flight Posit friday is to bring a, a, attention to the way the flight posit in my opinion is supposed to look you know the original look and try to encourage nike to bring back the original version and and, and a more accurate mold as opposed to what they're putting out now
0: now, do you do you think your voice is heard every time that like, you make a plea on your your Flight Positive Fridays? And you say, please retro this, please retro that. Can can we can, can we get the uh, Air Battle Max with the double straps? Have, have has Nike or like any like content creator or uh, I guess anyone like you know message you about hey like I remember those sneakers like let's, I want I want I want them to get them retro again.
1: You know, I I think it's a good question. I mean, I you know, I don't I don't want to be so arrogant as to presume that I'm the voice people are gonna listen to. I mean, I think, you know, I'm a smaller part of something much bigger, you know. So I think for me it's really about trying to gauge um, you know, interest and get an understanding of well, what's the rest of the community think? You know, here's what I'm thinking, you know, sitting in my living room in Connecticut, but what about everybody else you know around the world and one of the beauties of instagram and my website is you know you really get people from around the world opining so you're not just getting you know your own neck of the woods you're getting people from you know i'm talking to people from china people from you know south america and all over the place you know south africa so it's really special you know i hope i hope someone listens you know it, it'd be nice um you know I, I don't know that i don't know if they will i hope they will um but more importantly, you know, I hope they listen to us, the collective voice, because, you know, I think it's um, part of the beauty of this is, you know, getting the most people what they want. So if I have an opinion that maybe not a lot of people share, maybe it's not, you know, maybe you shouldn't listen to me, right, because maybe there's no money in it. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I think Nike is out to make, you know, they're, they're making money. And so they're going to look at, you know, what shoe is going to bring them you know, a profit and what's going to justify the cost of production and, and doing all the work. So there will be some that may come back and some that won't. Um, I, you know, I'd like to think I can contribute in some way um, however small it is, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, it's really about seeing, you know, who else is out there who, who agrees. And if we all agree, then yeah, let's, let's make this happen. Um, and if it turns out that I have a, an unpopular opinion, well, it's good to know too, because you know uh, uh I, I don't i never put it past me uh and uh you know then then then, then at least we know where we stand
0: yeah you know? and nike just just to, if you're listening to this podcast or you know kick you know, my, my Kick sigma it um this year marks the 25th anniversary of the neon Foamposite ones so we need we need something that commemorates maybe a March Madness when Mark, you know, when Mike Bibby wore them in the NTW championship back in 97. I mean, there, there's money to be made people. I know the, the flat, the foam posit neons were, I mean, um, the Royals were retro, what, five, four or five times already. It never ha- got the exact molding or shade. Um, right. I've owned the 2006 pair. I think that's the closest one as far as like the molding and the color. But, you know, something that would, you know, I, I, know, it's, I know it's expensive that from a cost standpoint. I know it's the materials are expensive for them to make rather than a Jordan 1, you know, or like a, a Nike Dunk. Um, I, I think it's, it's fair, you know, it's something that they should like give us as far as like commemorating the anniversary I mean, just like when they, when they do like the 75th anniversary for like um, Air Force One or however years it was already, you know? Um, well is it? 40 years now since 82. So they're doing something with that. So why not do something for phone posits, you know?
1: Exactly. And penny, pennies sell. I mean, penny's line always sells. So, I mean, it, you know, I, I see, I agree with you completely. The other thing I would say that I'd really love to see Nike do is bring back the bigger air bubbles, the original mm-hmm. air bubbles, you know, the larger size, as opposed to the thinner ones, they just don't look as good aesthetically. They're not as, you know, comfortable to wear. I mean, to me, there's just no, they have zero utility. It kind of ruins a lot of the models. Um, you know, I won't buy any of the air more Tempo retros because of that, you know, just because the, the bubbles are off, you know, and, and I've heard different theories about why they don't do it, but, you know, to me ultimately, you know, to quote, uh, Uh, guy in style shoes who uh who i I follow is a great guy and uh to quote him hey if you can make a 270 you know if you can make an air max 270 with a a larger size bubble there's got to be a way to get something closer to what the original bubbles look like and so you know i'd I'd love to see them do that in addition to making the flight posit look a little you know a little better and getting an accurate foam posit one retro would be great too
0: yeah you know that's a good point you brought that up i mean if if Nike can make a Nike uh, Air Max Two Seventy that sat on shelf for like, like you know over more than a year, or two years, and no one's buying them, why can't you just replicate something with a bigger bubble? Yeah. So, but you know, on the bright side, Don, bigger we are getting here, right? a uh, we're getting a, a Nike Penny One Retro this year, which is great. And I know that uh, Penny Hardaway is going to be collaborating with Stussy. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the, you know the collaboration, and I I hope that sparks you know the the Nike basketball brand because like I said you know my opinion you know Penny Hardaway was the person that you know kicked kicked off the Nike basketball, um, yeah. and hopefully you know it'll be great because I know he's coaching uh, Memphis now, and then you see him he's not wearing dress shoes he's wearing nope. his he's own. Wearing- the phone posits his his penny ones, so collector is just like he's, he's just neck breaking like every single time that you see him at his uh, you know coaching from the sideline.
1: No, I I couldn't agree more. I mean he his line is always sold, you know it, it pretty much you know pretty much from day one. I mean it always did so. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm hoping that we start seeing more of that. I'm really excited about the the Air Max Penny Retros. You know, we're finally getting a home colorway. We're getting Ooh, related- yeah. you know, I'm really excited about that. You know, definitely disappointed about they're probably gonna have thinner bubbles. You know, mm-hmm. I'll wait and see when I get them in hand. But you know, it would have been great to see like a Air Max 270 bubble size in there, you know, it'd make it look a little, you know, closer to the original, yeah. something like that. Um so I'm excited to see him, and hoping that Nike continues their efforts to, you know, um, replicate, you know, the masterpieces that they created in the nineties. Um, yeah. Cause there really were some masterpieces and yeah. I think it can.
0: I hope so too. You know, they, they have something good going on. I mean, especially when they announced it with Penny Hardaway uh, with the, the re-retro of the Penny ones, a lot of people like don't even know, haven't even, you know, not up against like the younger generation, we never got to see Penny Hardaway, but, you know, they, this is their opportunity for them to know more about the brand and hopefully they can re-retro like the Penny twos, threes, fours, Penny fives and sixes. You know, I wasn't much of a fan, you know, yeah, same. some, some people like them, but you know, I, I care more like the original ones that he wore in the, you know, in the court. So. Same. Our- same. All right. So next question for you, Don. So today is Friday. So Friday is one of your favorite times to, to post on your uh, Kick Sigma page, which is Flight Positive Fridays. So explain to us what is Flight Positive Fridays?
1: Sure. Um, so you know, like I've said, the Flight Positive is my favorite model, um, and Flight Positive Fridays really started. Um, Really just because I wanted to share it. I mean, that's really where it started. I think the other thing that it started with is we, we talked about a little bit was uh, my frustration in the way the flight posit model has been, you know, in my opinion, ruined. Uh, you know, the two 2K14 ones and and from 2014 on, you know, that the shape is off, the medial insole is different. You know, I, I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. That's just me personally being someone who really appreciates the originals. You know, it's not my thing. Um, and so I wanted people to see and appreciate what the actual, you know, what the original flight posits, or at the very least, the original retros looked like. And I wanted to shed light on, you know, here's why I love this shoe so much. You know, let's see if we can't, you know, let's see if everybody else likes it. And so, you know, people have really enjoyed the uh, um, the flight posit Fridays, I think. And uh, it's gotten popular. And so I decided, you know, let me keep meeting the demand because it's something I love to post. It's something that people continue to, there is a demand for it. Um, and so this is something where I think we're on to something here. Um, you know, I recently wrote an article on kicksigma.com where I featured all of the flight posit ones. And I gave every single colorway um, and gave all the details, you know, when they released, when they retroed, if they retroed, you know, the original price, some of the specs, you know, the, the features. Um, and uh, then did a feature on the takedown as well. Um, so that's, that's actually on my site right now. If you go to underkicksigma.com, you'll see it. Um, and, uh, so, so yeah, it's just something that's really kind of snowballed into something much bigger, but it started with me wanting to highlight my favorite shoe and kind of express my frustration on the, the, the changes that I don't think are for the better and hoping that we get some changes back to, uh, something a little closer to the original.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's dope, especially, I mean, you can start. I see, you know, I started doing the hashtag Fight Positive Fridays. So, you know, maybe like, you know, how would the algorithm and, and Instagram and, Instagram. you know, that could catch on, especially like an OG collector. Like, hey, what's Fight Positive Fridays? And then they click on the hashtag. They see all your posts, you know. I mean, that'll be great because, you know, you're doing that now, especially for someone that appreciates Fight Positive like me and other people. Um, you know, your your work is appreciated uh don you know and also with the writers of kick sigma and uh, you guys are doing great you know like i i look forward like every friday like i wonder what what Don's going to be posting now and then today like he posted the flight positive twos and i like oh yeah. i love this shoe It's so comfortable it's actually in my opinion it's the i wouldn't say the most com- i say the flight positive ones are the most comfortable because the because it just fits your feet but the, the Fly Posit twos are the most, like second most comfortable out of the three. Um, the, the, the Fly Posit threes wasn't, wasn't that comfortable because the two straps hugs your feet. And I, I get the lockdown. They, they wanted more of a, I guess, like a guard based shoe, especially when it was primarily Alan Houston's shoe in the, when he will play for the Knicks and also Penny's shoe too. Um, but, you know, like you were saying, oh, what's your favorite uh, Fly Posit? You know, what do you think of uh, the black ones? And then I posted like, "Hey, like I like it, but my biggest gripe is over time the new book suede cracks over, you know, ten years because it's not something that you can just wear out of the the box like a like a, like a Jordan infrared six or a metallic six or the suede that still keeps intact. Uh, whatever material that they use back in you know two thousand, it doesn't hold up. And I guess it's just during that time where materials are." You know that's the right material, but they didn't think over time, you know, this is a shoe that you can't wear for the long run. It's just more maybe for like an NBA season or maybe for casual wear, and then it'll just fall apart, which is the sad part because for the flight posit ones, that's a sneaker that's timeless classic. It's, to me, that's like the, if I would, in my opinion, that's the Jordan one of Nike basketball. My yeah. opinion. Yeah. It's the first time you've seen flight technology with the Zoom tech technology. It lasts like a Jordan one. It's built like a tank. You can wear it in all, you know, or any type of weather, summer, spring, fall, winter. You know, you live in Connecticut. I'm, I'm sure you you've wore flight in the snow, in the rain. And that thing will like keep your feet, you know, warm and dry. Versus like wearing like a, a turbulent boot or, you know, whatever, you know, winter boot that there, there was um, to me, that's just my, that's just my opinion. The Jordan, it's the Jordan one of uh, Nike basketball. Um, no disrespect to Penny. Uh, it's the shoe that captivated. you know, it just, I guess, I'm not sure if it's like an East coast thing. Uh, I don't see anyone in the West coast cause they're maybe part you know, it wasn't, they don't have like the weather conditions back in, back in the East, but it's a it's a it's a classic in my opinion like for you know for our generation
1: yeah no i i couldn't agree more i mean it was, it was such a game changer both the, you know uh, in the market as well as for me personally that yeah i completely agree with you you know and they somehow managed to make it both lightweight and like extremely durable and sturdy like you said they're like tanks they really are and yet they're lightweight at the same time, which I think is really ahead of its time. You know, if you think about this was developed in, you know, they released in
0: 99. So they're
1: developing in 98, you know, or uh, so this is, we're talking almost 25 years ago at this point.
0: Yeah. Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. All right. So we, we, we are towards the end of, um, you know, this, uh, our, our podcast, uh, Don, I appreciate it, but I wanted to um, share something with you because we're, you know, I'm very passionate with Nike basketball uh, and then I'm going to bounce it off to you as well. Um, So I'm going to show you the sneakers that I like right now. Currently Um, these are the, like, you know, these are the shoes I, that I could grab, you know, that's, it was within reasonable reach. So I can't really go towards the bottom of the sneaker or go, go to my, you know, my, uh, my shed or my attic. I can't, you know, got to like look through them, but, um, and I'm uh, sure you, you'll have appreciated them. So I brought five yeah. pairs. That's um, a good point. Pl- that's a pr-
1: good problem to have, by the
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, the first sneaker I'll show you, and uh, this was actually gifted by me by, by the homie Barry. Um, it's the Zoom Flight 96. Oh, so, nice. this shoe, yeah. I remember, um, you know, Penny Hardaway wore them with the, the Olympic colorway with the six. Um, and I remember watching M- MTV where MTV was music purely music right so I remember seeing like J, like where you know wearing them at a I guess like it was one of the performances and it was when he was wearing like one leg up you know he rolled his pants and then one pants down and I remember he wore this sneaker and i was like damn like this not only was Penny it was also like the hip-hop influence too so this is a nice pair that I that I own, uh, and it was gifted by me. So shout out to Barry. Um, next pair that I'm gonna show to you, and you you actually posted this on your Instagram page. Um, it's the Nike Hawk Flight. So this is from the Class of '97 pack. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't have like the uh, I guess it was like this line was all the way down here with the OG pair. So yep. this I was fortunate to get this from. Yeah, I got I copped this last year for a pretty good price uh, with the 97 pack. Uh, and I, I remember Gary Payton was the one that wore this. Remember, it was like the white and silver colorway with the green translucent sole? Yep. So he was the guy, like, man, like, I wanted that pair, but it was always sold out in my area. And from what people told me, this was a good hooping shoe. Um, did you ever hoop in these? I did. I actually, so I actually, I never hooped in the OG, but I got a. Uh, okay. I got
1: a pair of the th- those exact retros. Um and I hooped them. I, I like them. I like playing in them. They're uh they they are comfortable. I actually wrote an article about them on on kicksigma.com. And if you go on there, you can actually see a, a picture of Peyton wearing that colorway as well mm-hmm. in a tournament. So he uh but you're right, he, he mostly wore the green pair. Um the tournament was unrelated to the NBA, it was like a summer something. Um and yeah, that's a that's a fantastic shoe to play in.
0: It is. And it's light too, you know, for a retro, I mean, considering the, the material that they make now, um, you know, it's, it's even a fake carbon fiber. If it's not like the rim one. Um, it's still a nostalgic shoe for me. Like, like I said, people have, they're passionate for dunks. They're passionate for Jordan ones, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But Nike basketball will always have like a special place in my heart, uh, especially you, you know, you got stuff in me, you know, I'm going to bounce that off to you in a bit. Um, so yeah, this is one of my favorite pairs too of Nike uh, with the Nike basketball, and with the assist, with the um, other pack of that class of '97. The next pair that I like is the um, the Pearl posits. Yeah, so this is from the and I see it there yep. too. So I would yep. love to hear more love about it. your you know your pair. So um, you know I had the original pair back in '97. Um, I played basketball, but sparingly. And then I love how it's, you know, it molds in your feet, but it's, it's heavy. It's a heavy shoe to to hoop in. I had the O2 pair. Uh did not I also owned the house of hoop pair. It was like the, the darker um, yeah. material, uh, colorway of the, uh, it's kind of like a champagne, excuse me. They call it like the champagne uh, pearl colorway, the house of Hoop uh, exclusive. So I was happy that this came in the pack um, and it's a classic shoe, man. I mean, People will always remember, oh, that's this, this when uh, Ray Allen, you know, Jesus Shuttleworth was sitting on the bench talking to, to his dad, you know, and he got game. So, so, and this shoe too. I mean, it's also when he was playing with his with, with, uh, with um, Denzel Washington, you know, yep. you know. So, yeah, this yep. is a great shoe. And that's then shoe. the fourth shoe, and I showed it to Don already, is the, uh, the, the 1999 original flight posit 1. So I got this pair, um, I got through eBay for 50 bucks, which was a steal. The reason why it was so cheap because the soles were separated. So I got it uh, restored. Um, It was just a nostalgic shoe for me. I, high school where, you know, I didn't, couldn't afford anything. I will always see my, like my colleague, my classmates having these. Um, And you can tell it's the original one where it doesn't have the Nike um, swoosh on here. But you know, I'm just fortunate to just have this pair. Wore it a couple of times. Now I'm, I'm pretty scared to wear them because it's a it's a 20 plus year old shoe. All right. And then the last That's pair dope collection, man. I mean, it's just it's just like what what's awesome. you know, just a little something just to, to show and tell. So the last pair, and you just you talked about this, Don you know, with one of the answers that I asked you. So this is my favorite Nike basketball pair and Probably it is one of yours when I see your, your top five or whatever, it's the gold fly posits. So these were the 2008 pair. Um, I also had the original ones from 99 with the OG Nike box. Um, and to your point, this was the best mold because this was the best mold. You know, the, 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 the soles is not as flat to the, towards like the retros, um, you know, the weight is nice um you know people w- would recognize oh that's green goblin from spider-man and then like, he wore them or um you know this, this this shoe was actually like not appealing to everyone back in the day it's like why is gonna why is there a gold shoe and a lot of people didn't know there was a nike there was a nike basketball uh commercial i don't know if you remember i'm sure you remembered there was two commercials with kevin garnett i think it was um the comedian guy i can't forget it i forgot his name yeah i know what you're talking about yeah he so taped it was, his yeah taped his ankles and then you know kg was said you know you're gonna miss and he missed and then there was another one i think it was like um, these asian like scientists i don't know if you remember that r oh, b probably yeah. did on. yeah so they, like, the they were like they like yeah they're like aliens or something not not asian scientists they were like aliens or like some scientists they were molding this shoe and then this was like deli- they delivered to uh, Kevin Garnett's house. Yep. It was only like a 30, 30, um, com- uh, second commercial. So this shoe always has a special place in my heart. And also, a lot of people didn't know. I mean, people probably knew about it. Kenyon Martin. This was Kenyon Martin's favorite hoop shoe back in ninety nine, when he was with you know with the Cincinnati Bearcats. And he when he also busted this pair out when he played for the um, the Never Nuggets. Nuggets. Yeah, the retro pair, right? Yep. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, like when I think it when he it was like a away game and he wore the um I think it was like the dark nugget um, uh, the jerseys. Yep. and then he busted these out. I was like, my my mouth dropped. I, like I didn't see like the like the game itself, but I just saw like the pictures. it was just crazy. So yeah, so this is just you know my little top five pair uh, Don, and I'm gonna bounce it off to you. I want to see your your top five. First of all, man, that thank you for
1: the blast from the past, the trip down memory lane, man. That you know, that never gets old. Like you know, I, I love seeing it. Um, so yeah, I mean, let me show you. You know, some of the ones. You know, it was hard to keep it to five. You know, obviously, I have to start with the Air Max Two Up Tempo, the 2011 Retro. keys Yeah, this is this is the shoe that started it all. You know, ha- I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about it. So this is a shoe that started it all for me, um, as I had talked about earlier. Shortly thereafter, I found, I saw this colorway, the low top. Ooh. The original Air Max, and I got the box. Oh, my gosh. Air Max box from 1995. Um, I think it's dated February of ninety So I'll give you a close-up. So this is the white, black, dark Concord low top version from 1995, never been wow. retro. And this was my second favorite color because I saw it shortly after I saw the Duke colorway. And so I was all over these, so huge fan of those. Um, before we get into Flight Posit Friday, another honorable mention, all-time favorite of mine is the Air Total Max of Tempo. So this is actually the Euro edition colorway. It's the white, royal, and silver didn't release in the U S and wow. actually the only air total max colorway to never retro. So this is the original from 1997. I do have the other three colorways as retros. You see yeah. white Navy black Oof. silver, neons. I love them, but this is, this is my girl in terms of when, when we talk among these shoes, you know, among the total max. So this is my favorite colorway of that. Never got retro. Don't know why. Um, but uh, I've written extensively about all of them on my site. Um, Then if we get into flight posits, I mean the flight posit, you know, just like you, this is the red pair. I love it. You know, it's the one that that really changed it for me. It is hands down my favorite. You know, aside from Kenyon Martin, uh, I don't know if you know, Demar Johnson. Demar Johnson, yep. Yep. So he was actually kind enough to comment on our uh, Instagram a while back, I did a post, uh, tributing, you know, uh, as a tribute to him because he's an underrated mm-hmm. sneakerhead. I mean, guys don't talk enough about him. His sneaker game was on point. You know, he's a hell of a basketball player and his sneaker game was on point. And this guy had almost, he wore almost every OG colorway of the flight posit. Mm-hmm. And so I posted a series of photos with yeah. like, I mean, it'd be like 10 different pictures of him in different flight posits. And he, he commented how much he loved the shoe. So I think, I think this was a popular shoe in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um,
0: and you know what, um, Don, I um, hate to cut you off because um DeMar Johnson, he's from Maryland. I'm from Maryland. This, this sneaker was a uniform. So not only it was a performance shoe, it was a daily wear shoe. That's why uh, DeMar Johnson is from the DMV from, from DC. These were, everything like like I was I was telling you these were everything for everyone that lived in that area. That's why like when you when you when he commented that kind of struck a chord in his heart like hey I love those shoes. You know I hooped in them when I was in Cincinnati. So yeah
1: no I mean seriously I mean it just uh it just goes to show how 20 some odd years later the passion is still there. So mm-hmm. you know, it was it was a really special moment to to hear it directly from him. You know, a guy who was such an ambassador for it and, in my opinion, doesn't get enough credit for both his game and his sneaker game, um, you know, which was really on point. Um, You know, keeping with the flight posits, I mean, these are the retros. I had the originals, but these are the eggplant retros. We saw those um, have the black pair. Black pair. I still need them. If anybody from Nike ever watches, this is what we need fixed. You know, we need the medial out so fixed because they changed that so hoping that one day uh we get that back um the silver pair oh my god the metallic silver um love that pair
0: uh you know what's funny i used to have i i used to have i used to own the european uh um deposit ones the the silver exclusive ones same here there there's a there's a if There's a different shade of silver that makes it stand out. That's why they call it. It's not the Flyposit 1B that shows in the the Nike Alpha Project box. Right. It's a special box. I I forgot how it is. I think it's Flyposit 1. Yep. But you can tell it's not a dull silver like the the Flyposit B. It's a brighter silver. So I actually did some research. So I, I
1: wrote an article where I went through all the original colorways. And I did some research because I, I before I owned this, I owned the, the Euro edition one, too. I stopped calling it the Euro only because I found a pair in Canada as well. Well, uh, it was one year we were playing in Canada. We were playing in a, in the international children's games for basketball. And I was a kid. I was like 15. And I went into a sneaker store and I found them on the shelf and they blew my mind. I, had, I didn't know they released in a silver color way and i found them and and the difference was you know the american version the flight Positive b was, was a was a smoother finish mm-hmm. you know it was a duller uh, silver the uh and and the official colorway was metallic silver the ones that the euro or the international ones that that you and i are talking about that we both know and love they had a grainier finish yeah. almost like more of a um it was more of a textured finish it was mm-hmm. shinier like you said absolutely yep. The color is called Majestic Silver. If you look at it, it's actually mm, called the Majestic okay. Silver. Yeah. Alex Silver, which I thought was a little cool detail. Um, so I highlight that in the in the article. But yeah, those are awesome. Um, I like those better than the ones I have, you know, right now. They were great. Um, in keeping with the Yukon tradition, I managed to get a dead stock pair Oof. of the Navy ones. Um, oh, my God. The Obsidian. You know, oh, my
0: God. You know,
1: yeah, pearlized navy white. Um, and by contrast, the white and navy. Oh one, my god! Will come back either. So, huge fan of both of these. You know, these remind Ooh. me of. You know, this is before my time at UConn, but this reminds me of you know some of the guys that I would go up and watch like in the summers just to see like wow you know, guys are wearing these. So these are um, both on Um, Some of my all-time favorites.
0: Best. Crazy! I I got I got a shout out to my friend Kevin, my homie Kevin. He's my the homie Isaac Hazel. He's a big fight positive guy, uh, fight fight positive one guy. He owns the Obsidians, and that I think he's to own that colorway. Um, Yeah, when he sees it, I'm gonna ask him to watch it when I record this. He's gonna. gonna
1: That's awesome, man.
0: (laughs) He's just gonna be like, I can't, I can't.
1: But, you know, love to connect with them because, you know, always appreciate guys who love the love the flight posit. Um, I grabbed, uh, picked up a couple others. Um, these are, managed to get, and actually had a good deal on these, but managed to get the Team Bank colorways too. So I got them all dead stock in box. This is the white, black wow. Team Bank colorway. So this is brand new, never worn. Great condition
0: considering they are, you know,
1: 23 years the orange, old.
0: Orange the orange box, right? Yep, the orange
1: box oh, that uh God. has a ton of mistakes on it, by the way. Um, I pointed this out. Uh um, but the uh I actually spelled it wrong. It's spelled like flight pasty as opposed to flight posit. I don't know if you can see that.
0: I never noticed that. That's that,
1: wild. Yeah, that, that all, makes all three have it. And then the other the other mistake uh is in English it says made in Indonesia. But in French, it says "Made in Taiwan." So I'll what? try to zoom in here. I don't know if you can see that. It yeah, I hard. can
0: see it. That's weird.
1: Really closely, it you know. That
0: is insane. Somebody wasn't.
1: Somebody wasn't editing. when no. um, <laughs> For that, before that went out. But the but they, at least they did a great job on the shoe. So this that is the white is
0: crazy.
1: Have you, is, are, do
0: you do you ever do you ever plan to so sell? Question for you: The ones that you're dead, the the flight pauses that are dead stock for you, Don. Will you ever wear them at some point? Because, yeah. you know, there's a saying with dead stock shoes, they're not, they're meant to be worn, you know. So I'm definitely an
1: advocate for wear your sneakers. I mean, okay. let, me, let me start with that. I definitely okay. lean towards to wear your sneakers. Okay. There are some exceptions. Okay. Um, um, and I'll, I'll show you a few that I, I haven't worn. I, I've shown you some, like some of the, you know, the, the flight posits and stuff that I haven't worn. I think it depends, you know, like, like for some of the 08 retros, I, I would wear those. I'm all over mm-hmm. those. Um, you know, the, the, the team bank ones, that's hard because I think as soon as I wear them, the whole thing will fall apart, you know? So I'm kind of worried that, you know, the sole you know, detach, mm-hmm. um, you know, the whole thing will fall apart and it, and it gets, you know, that, that might be hard. So I don't know if I'll ever wear
0: those. I've kind of wow. gone
1: back and earth and I haven't, at this point I'm leaning no, but we'll see.
0: Hey, you know, I, if if you if it ever if you decide to wear them and they do fall apart, I you know, my guy can can uh fix them for you. I highly recommended. He fixed up my my flight posit ones so they're 100% wearable again. Yeah, I mean, like I said.
1: Yeah, no, he and and let me just say he did a fantastic job cuz I you showed me them earlier, so yeah, I may take you up on that cuz yeah. if I do decide to wear them and they fall apart, it was guy like is the guy we reach out to. So he uh yeah, I may have to do that. Uh speaking of which, here's the other one. Um, the red oh. ones. So same team bank. And then of course, you know, the royal ones, all dead stock. So these are royal.
0: Oh my um, god. And we so, were the same size too, Don. I'm a 12, twelve two. Yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah. You're lucky you're in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I
1: don't think anybody's out here, so I think I think I'm safe. You're, you're, now. you're
0: safe, and nobody nobody, nobody yeah. knows about flight pauses there, so you're good. Yeah, nobody one. nobody
1: cares about it out no, here. It's not a Jordan one. You're good. Yeah, no, nobody people leave me alone here. <laughs> um, and so, and then of course, you know the flight pause too. So, you know, these are both the retros. You know, again, because I'm a big proponent of wear your sneakers. Mm-hmm. um, you know, if a retro is available, I will pick up a retro because I'm wearing them. Um, so I pick those up. And then I guess the last thing I would show you is, um, you know, we haven't talked much about Jordans. You know, I like Jordans. They're not, you know, they're not what Nike basketball is for me. But, um, you know, I did manage to collect all of the original Jordan 11s, at least the, the mid ones, uh, mm-hmm. and just have them all dead stock. Nice. So, you know, we've seen the Concords. So these are dead stock, never worn is that from
0: 95 or 2000 from 95 wow
1: these are the 95 originals just brand new inbox dead stock um these are the original playoff ones wow inbox dead stock um picked up the uh which is i was disappointed to find out these weren't coming back this year getting something out but something else but these are dead it's stock. that
0: blue translucent soul that just does it you know
1: you know it's starting to i mean it's starting to oxidize but yeah the blue translucent uh, soul did it for me.
0: So those are dead stock and then
1: you know not true originals but you know the first hey, run it's the
0: first movie. yeah it's a two, the 2000 space jam
1: yeah for all intents
0: and purposes an original but
1: you know it's a retro and then you know the original cool gray cool gray so, um, from 2000 I still have my pair. pretty serious oxidation going on they're almost like yeah. green this point but uh wow so those are uh some of the things i wanted to share very near and dear to my heart
0: what about the shoes in the in the back like I, i see there's some over there yeah so uh a couple here
1: you know um so i had a few here these are these are the foam posits which i'm with you love the pearl foams uh was a big fan of those um Never actually managed to get a pair. I remember back in, it must have been '98. I found a pair on sale, but they were still slightly above my target. And I was, yeah. you know, 13. I was begging my mom to get them. She, you know, she
0: <laughs> mom wasn't happy. You, know, yeah. you know,
1: my mom is one of the most wonderful people I know, but she doesn't play. You know, yep. so she, you know, she said no. It's it's not over the. You know, it's 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 over budget. We're not doing it. And you know, I respect her for it. Um, you know, she uh, but but I finally managed to get a pair. So this is the retro pair from the uh from the pack, the '97 pack, yeah. The you know the, the original Royal, not the originals, but the original Royal colorway. These are the 2017,
0: okay, uh, the 20th anniversary one, right? The, yeah. yeah. So you know, like them
1: because I can wear them. Um, yep. So that's that's important to me. And then managed to grab a pair of the Garnet Threes, which I think is a very slept on model again this is. is the 2015 retro again so i can wear it
0: what do what um, they called the air is it air flight three yeah they're called the air three now air three um, okay um, that's what it was called the Air
1: three mm-hmm. but uh yeah back in the day you know i had a pair of these in high school um uh, sophomore year i really wanted black pair couldn't find the black pair anywhere in my size didn't occur to me lo- to look online so i ended up going for the navy and chrome pair which grew on me and it ended up being a good choice in hindsight um, and had wore them all through high school. Love talk about a shoe. I loved playing in uh, played in those and then played in the space jams. Um, so that was, that was sophomore year, um, but managed, you know, didn't have them for like 20 years and then managed to grab a pair last year. So really excited about these just love
0: yeah. it. I used to hoop in the black and Royal pair. I love that shoe. Yeah. I always wish I had, that's the only color <laughs> <way> I've ever <laughs> Oh, wish I had
1: that one, man. That was um that was that was one of my favorites.
0: So, and, you know, originally it was supposed to be a penny. Mhm. So, you know, it was He didn't like them. Of... I think they I think cuz like KG was blowing up and they just gave him his own KG line and that was a KG3.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: All right. Exactly. So, so, last question for you, Don, and I appreciate your time. Sorry. Um what are the pairs that you're looking for currently?
1: Yeah, uh, so well, I want to complete my original flight posit collection. So I think right now I'm looking for, you know, the uh, the charcoal and red colorway of the flight posits. I used to have them, sold them a while back. So looking for those uh, dead stock. Looking for uh, the white and Carolina flight posits dead stock, and then looking for the dead stock uh, OG um, carbon fiber flight posit ones. Those are probably the top three, I'd say, you know, the other, the other shoe that, that, you know, is kind of like my grail right now is the flight positive three, the black and royal, if I could get a dead stock pair, oh, positive three. it's the one flight positive I've never owned. Really? You know? uh, yeah, it, um it, it just wasn't in the cards. I had several opportunities and different things would come up, different priorities. You know, at one point I ended up getting a pair of dress shoes instead of the flight positive threes because I needed a pair of dress shoes, mm. you know, so like, just different things kept getting in the way of me being able to get them. So if, if, you know, I wish Nike would retro those, you know, it's, it's definitely a, uh, you know, maybe a little far-fetched, but, you know, I hope one day we can get a pair of those or I'll settle for an OG pair, but I'd love to have a pair that I could wear um, of the black Royal original flight positive threes. That's, that would be my top.
0: You know, the nice thing, cause I, I also own the the black and Royal flight positive threes and the black Black and charcoal ones. Then the nice one. The, the nice thing about owning the Flyposit threes is the the it's the same. It's the same. Uh, bot, it's almost the same material as the Flyposit ones. Um, with this, you know, this shank right here, where you see like the, if you see your your black your black uh, charcoal pair, it's, it's the same material as the Flyposit three.
1: So, Interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's like a, that, you, you see that spark? You think they like a small sparkle, right? And when you wear yeah. it all the time?
1: Yeah. Maybe the,
0: because of the material of it. These have them. These have them. If you look closely, mm-hmm. you can kind of, I don't know if you can see it in
1: here. Yep. I see it. it. Yeah, it's a little bit. So yeah. Yeah, that's very cool.
0: Yeah, definitely wish. I, I definitely envy you, man. You, gotta, you, gotta, you no, got it. You got it. No, I envy you. And I envy you that you live far away because I can't, you know what I'm saying? And we're the same size, Don. It breaks yeah, my man. heart. <laughs> We'll have to team up and looking for sneakers, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, if they have 12, 12 in the same, you know, colorway, then you know, maybe yeah. we can we can be cool about it. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, Don So um, where can they find you on Instagram and tell us more about you know Kick uh Sigma, um your website? Sure. Yeah, and thank you. So so my
1: website is kicksigma.com. So that's k-i-c-k-s-i-g-m-a dot com um and you know if you type or if you just type in the word kick sigma in uh google it'll come right up so that's my website that's where i keep most of my content at this point um most of the sort of behind the scenes uh stuff that i write about some of the you know lesser known facts that i try to share with the world and 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 uh some of the more special special features you know we've had some NDA guys comment on things and I've, I've interviewed you know scott pollard most recently who had a couple PEs of the uh, Air Max of Tempo 3. And there, it's actually a really fascinating story behind how he got that and, and his shoes. So, you know, check it out, take a look. Um, that's on the website. Uh, my Instagram is just kick Sigma. So if you look up at kick Sigma, that's where you'll, where you'll find me. Um, you know, and and just if anybody's wondering, the name kick Sigma is really a play on two words. It's the words kicks and six Sigma as in like, the process of making businesses more efficient and with less mistakes. And so I combined the two words and that's what kick Sigma means. Um, it's really uh, my goal initially was to, you know, get the facts right and hope for proper retros. And so that's where the name came from. Um, I wanted to do something that kind of symbolized that goal. So oh, yeah. kicksigma.com and at kick Sigma on Instagram, uh, you know, check it out and hope you enjoy it.
0: Well, Don, you blew my mind with showing me the sh- the sneakers that I wanted in my possession, and the fact that we were the same size. So, but you know, I do appreciate you know the content that you've shown, um, and it's appreciated. Like I said, uh, I wanted to say thank you for for coming on tonight. As far as um, showing your, you know, telling us your stories about you know your love for nike basketball and the funny thing is we didn't talk about jordans no jordan ones no nike hooks yeah, yeah no, really- you know what i mean no nike sbs i mean this is just a special uh you know podcast because you know i'm, I'm very passionate about it you're very passionate about it and rj is also passionate about it um and you know I, it's, it's it's a great you know I, and i hope people can you can tune in um like I said, it's not for everyone. I, I don't tell you, oh, I don't bug people. Oh, you should listen to this and that. I'm not going to change people's mind. What we just want to make sure is that we share our stories, share our, our passion and, you know, just take it from there. If they want to take it and run with it, so be it. If not, then it's cool. Like I, I, at least I'm able to share a common interest with Don as far as like his love for Nike basketball as well as for mine. So just want to say thank you, Don, for coming, you know, for coming, hopping on the the Zoom. And yeah, man, hopefully we'll get you on to us uh, again. And man, and hopefully next time we'll, we'll, you might have some new pickups that you've you know, acquired, you know, since that period of time, since we last talked. Absolutely. Well, for I mean, thank you for having me. You know, the pleasure was mine.
1: I mean, I, you know, I can sit here all night, so I really enjoy it. And thank you for giving me a voice too. So I really appreciate it.
0: Appreciate what you
1: do, you know. Um, hey. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, man, I'd be more than happy to join again in the future.
0: Definitely. Yeah, like I said, I'll meet RJ, like I said, RJ hasn't even seen this podcast episode. He's going to he's gonna be like, what? What? <laughs> what? You know what I mean? It's just going to be speechless. So, All right, guys. So that wraps up for episode uh, 47 with Don Griffith of Kixema. Have a good evening, guys.
1: Have a good one. Thank you.